Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, August 14th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Today, an update on the deadliest American wildfire in a century. Plus, how one lawsuit could put a chill on corporate diversity programs across America. And today's one big thing. Georgia takes the spotlight among Trump's legal woes. First today, an update on Hawaii, where the recent Maui fires have become the deadliest in America in more than 100 years. As of last night, the death toll is at least 93 people. But that number continues to rise as search and rescue efforts are still underway. And residents are expressing concern over warnings ahead of the fire, asking why emergency sirens didn't go off in enough time for evacuation. So far, FEMA has more than 200 people on the ground helping with recovery efforts. And FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell told CBS's Face the Nation yesterday the agency's relying on dogs to help rescue teams identify remains. But I think one of the challenging things is many of the areas that they're in searching, there's structures that are partially standing. At a press conference on Saturday, Hawaii Governor Josh Green gave an update on the property damage. In West Maui, 2,200 structures have been destroyed or damaged. 86% are residential. The losses approach $6 billion in estimate. Many nonprofits are also providing relief. The American Red Cross is providing shelter for thousands who've been displaced. Maui Food Bank is providing meals for the community. And the governor's office is directing donations to the Hawaii Community Foundation. We'll include a link to those places and others where you can donate in our show notes. All signs point to a big week ahead for the probe into former President Trump's 2020 election subversion efforts in Georgia. The Fulton County DA looks set to put the case before a grand jury this week. I asked Axios co-founder Mike Allen for the big picture. Lots of people have tuned out the details of the Trump cases, but I think the new charges expected out of Atlanta will break through in a new way. The Fulton County DA has been looking at charges involving witnesses and computers under the state's RICO laws. That is, racketeer-influenced and corrupt organizations, charges the public associates with mobsters. Meanwhile, there are some new case details to note. Sources told CNN over the weekend new evidence directly ties Trump's team to a January 2021 breach of voting systems in Coffee County, Georgia. Axios says Hans Nichols has the latest and why it matters. Hans, first, can you remind us about this voting systems breach and what we know about the Trump team's involvement in this? Yeah, so it's a complicated story. It's a new development. They don't have this directly to the president. They have it to the president's legal team. What CNN is reporting here is that there was almost an invitation from a sympathetic election official in Coffee County inviting Trump's legal team to look under the hood because this is after the election but before January 6th. So what we know at the time, and Trump was very public about this, is that he wanted to prove and at least find evidence of voter fraud in Georgia. So they looked at a largely Republican county to see potentially if they could have some facts to bolster that theory. Now, what we don't know is when the indictment, if there's going to be indictment comes, and we don't know which case is going to supersede the others. The most significant thing about the Georgia case compared to the three other indictments that are out there, this is in a state court which means that even if you have an election where Donald Trump prevails and could potentially call them off, 
This one, he doesn't have the power to call off. And that's why legal experts have always looked at Georgia as a state case as having potentially a little bit more bite than the other ones. Hans, what's your assessment at this point of Trump's legal situation right now? What are you most paying attention to? We keep getting incremental advancements. And I do think that we can get lost and not see the forest for the trees in a lot of these cases because a lot—and this was the case with all of Trump's presidency— the quiet part was out loud. If you look at the totality of Trump's statements, it's that he thought he was cheated out of an election. Now, whether or not he was willfully believing that or whether or not he was being deceived or whether or not he knew it was a ruse, that's really what a jury is going to have to decide. So yes, there's another bit of evidence if, if the evidence bears out and it's, you know, meets all the evidentiary standards. But to me, the big question still is what was in Donald Trump's mind and is that criminal? And that's Axios' Hans Nichols. Thanks, Hans. Thanks for having me. After the break, the affirmative action battle comes to corporate America. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Just six weeks after the Supreme Court struck down affirmative action in higher education, the fight over race-based policies has finally come to corporate America with the first big gauntlet thrown. The Fearless Fund, a venture capital firm based in Atlanta, has historically focused on startups led by women of color. Now the group is being sued by Edward Blum, the same conservative strategist behind the legal battle over college admissions. Axios Pro Rata editor Dan Primack is here with more. Hey, Dan. Hey. Dan, what else do we need to know about the parties involved in this lawsuit? So Fearless Fund is interesting. It's about four years old. It's really small. This isn't, you know, going after Harvard or Stanford or something like that. But the fact that it's so small is interesting because really the goal of Blum here isn't to get money out of Fearless Fund and sue on behalf of people to get damages. It's really to set a precedent that then could get expanded not only to others within kind of venture capital, and there's lots of other programs like this, but arguably to kind of corporate America much more broadly. What is the suit alleging? Fearless Fund has a grant program. They provide $20,000 grants four times per year to startups that are led by black women. And these startups apply, and one is given this each year, and they've done it for a couple of years. What Blum is alleging is that it's an illegal program because it's a race-based program. It's very similar to the affirmative action case in colleges. He's basically saying, you cannot give grants based on race. He wants this as a legal precedent. If, if he can win against Fearless Fund, then anybody who doesn't get a job anywhere is going to arguably, I mean, not just not get a job, doesn't get a job, doesn't get a grant, doesn't get funding, et cetera, particularly if it's a company that has made some sort of explicit thing, uh, they're going to have a case. What does the funding gap look like for Black Americans when it comes to venture capital? It's extraordinary. Black Americans or Black founders receive for their companies less than 1% of all venture capital dollars in the U.S. dispersed each year. How big of a deal do you think this lawsuit is? I think it's an extremely big deal uh, for two reasons. One, because Blum, the plaintiff here, has a track record of winning and winning at the Supreme Court. And that Supreme Court case, even though that was about college, the legal underpinning of it was very, very similar to what he's trying to do here. And if you think about kind of corporate America, think of all the grant programs and DEI programs and other diversity programs. If Blum is successful in this, he, in theory, could put a chill on all of those programs throughout corporate America. What have we heard from the Fearless Fund lawyers about this? 
The Fearless Fund lawyers have called this frivolous. They've said they intend to try to get a dismissal, and they obviously they intend to win. In terms of their legal defense, though, we have not heard much. It's only been a couple of days, and they're not yet required to uh, reply in court. And this is being heard in Georgia, or will be heard in Georgia. What are you watching for next year, then? I'm watching to see what their legal strategy is, right? You know, they have a little bit of a blueprint in terms of how they saw Blum succeed in the Supreme Court case on college. But of course, he won. So they need to come up with a different defense than the lawyers used in that case on the defense. When we think about affirmative action and race-based policies in business compared to higher education, what's different about this conversation? Honestly, not all that much. The basic reason why corporate America has programs like this, why Fearless Fund has this sort of grant program, is arguably the same reason why you saw colleges have affirmative action, which is that there is this gap, there is systemic racism, and there's just a history of certain groups of people having much less opportunity. And these programs are an effort to try to remedy that. And what you heard from Fearless Fund lawyers is that they kind of find it appalling that a law, the Civil Rights Act, which was intended to increase opportunity for certain groups of people is now being used kind of as a cudgel against them. Dan Permack is an Axios business editor and author of the Pro Rata newsletter. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Nyla. Before we go, today marks 11 years since journalist Austin Tice was abducted at a checkpoint near the Syrian city of Damascus. Tice had been reporting on the unfolding refugee crisis as a freelance journalist, and he's endured the longest detention to date of any American journalist. President Biden spoke about him back in the spring, as well as detained Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovitz, who was arrested in Russia in March. Our message is this. Journalism is not a crime. Evan and Austin should be released immediately, along with every other American held hostage or wrongfully detained abroad. And that's it for us today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.